0: Houston, El Paso, Austin, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Tulsa, Woodlands, Phoenix, San Antonio, if I left one out, welcome to you wherever you're joining us from and especially friends in the room. We are kicking off a new series called Mood, which is a look at human emotions from a biblical perspective. Emotions are something that all of us deal with, all of us experience, they have a big impact on our life. So for the next six weeks, we're going to cover what a biblical perspective on how to handle and think about really your emotions and really look at several different specific emotions week after week. So that's where we're headed tonight. We're just going to do kind of an overview. And to get there, I'm going to launch in by bringing up what I think is the best part of living in 2019 as it relates to emotions. And that is that we have developed a new way of communicating our emotions that is called the emoji. Now we have uh, gone from, I don't know, like when you started texting, this was at one point like the thing that if you got a, an emoji text message from somebody, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, this person is a, it's a psychopath. And now it's just like we all do. We don't even use words anymore. We're just sending happy faces or different signs. So I put together some of my favorites as it relates to emojis. Here, here's one that I feel like is most commonly used. Here's what's interesting about this one. This is meant to represent the laugh till you cry emoji. No one is ever laughing till they cry when they send this. Have you noticed this? Like, I've been in meetings with people on my team. I don't want to call them out, Brittany, but. No, it wasn't Brittany. I'm sure it was Emily. Hey, anyways, we're in the meeting, and people will, like, send a text message to one another, and I'll be on that group text, and they'll make some joke. And I literally, I see everyone, we're all sitting in a circle, supposed to be paying attention, and they'll do, like, the laugh out, like, four of these, as though they're dying, crying, laughing till they cry, and they don't even make, like, a smirk. They don't even do anything. It's like the most exaggerated expression of this. Here, here's another one that we have as it relates to emojis. Hands up, praise. Gotta love this one. This is something that I feel like at least guys would never actually do this in real life, where someone tells you some good news, you're like, yes, yes. <laughs> Maybe some of you would, and there's always hope for those of you. The next one that uh, I thought would be worth bringing up was, oh yeah, the heart face, of course. This is always an interesting one when you get it from like a, another dude and you're like, I don't, I don't, or, or like somebody who's older that just doesn't text that much and like, I don't think you know what this is, I think, communicating here when you send that. Or another one being the uh, hand on the face, of course. What was I thinking? Or the just straight up, I'm not even totally sure what this next one is. With the teeth going <laughs> straight out, like, I don't know if that's angry, Or or is it just there's a lot of reaction, though, as though this group knows what it's for? And then, of course, the most famous or infamous of all the emojis, and that would be the poop emoji. (laughs) Whatever person at Apple decided we need to put eyeballs on this thing (laughs) felt like, hey, we're going to send that one back. Tell them to put eyes on it. That'll make it perfect. It just feels like they've got too much time on their hands. But... Although we've developed new ways of communicating what we're feeling and what we're experiencing, and some of it's helpful and some of it's not, and some of it's honestly not that accurate, what has not changed is uh, though we communicate it through new mediums, the human experience and human emotion and our experience of just the spectrum of emotions has not. For thousands of years, people and the uh, uh, part of emotions being just a part of everyday life, it was a part of today, your work, it's a part of the relationships you have, it's a part of every a single one of us inside of this room and everyone listening. That emotions, although 2019 we've developed new ways to uh, communicate them, the idea of emotions and the human experience of emotion is nothing new. And so we're gonna launch into this series to cover really what God would have for you as it relates to emotions, because candidly there's a lot of confusion around this topic. Our world today, as much as any time I can ever remember since I've been alive, is uh, a place where it's a very confusing world, where hey, feelings mean more than anything to many people. And at the same time, God is not anti-feelings. And though it would be wrong to say, hey, feelings are God, what is true is that feelings are from God. And God created us with emotion. And so we're gonna launch into just tonight an overview of how you and I should understand emotions because there's a lot of confusion. And unlike very few issues, maybe more than any other issue in your life, your emotions are gonna significantly impact the future you're gonna have. Our emotions impact the decisions that we make Our emotions, in fact, a lot of our greatest regrets were made out of an emotional response. I was afraid of X, so I made the decision. Our emotions are, are a key part of any healthy relationship. If you're gonna have a relationship, you've gotta know how to keep your emotions in check, how to process them, what to do with them, how to handle them, how to communicate them, how to identify them. If you're gonna succeed at work, I mean, think about it. You can't be effective wherever you end up working if you can't control your emotion. Like, nobody is given you know, loose cannon Lisa, a promotion. If you can't learn how to control your emotions, you're not gonna progress and you won't last long anywhere. And God, who's there, wants you to know how you can control, communicate, identify all the different things, how to operate with your emotions. And then the last thing I'd say is just there's a lot of confusion, candidly, that's been introduced at times in the church, where sometimes emotions in church specifically can be given a bad rap, as though God is anti-feeling or he doesn't, Want us to, you know, uh, listen to our feelings. And if you are listening to your feelings, you should disregard that and just follow your faith as though those are opposite always. Or they're pitted against one another. Or, hey, uh, feelings need to be replaced with truth as though those are always opposite. At times they certainly are, but at times they're not. So how should we think about feelings? So tonight we're gonna just open up this series by looking at an overview of how to understand human emotions. So I'm gonna go through three different ideas that we see inside of the scriptures that we'll cover uh, as it relates to emotions, how to think about it. This, I, and just reading uh, a few books for this message this past week was so helpful and ministered to me. So hopefully it's gonna be really helpful. I think for some of us, uh, if you listen and apply, just like myself, it will be life changing for you because you came into this room right now and you were governed by emotion you're overwhelmed, you're struggling to even listen to me because of the things that you're feeling. And you're gonna struggle to become all that God wants you to be and all that you can be if you're not someone who knows how to handle their emotions. So we're gonna get three things. If you take notes, you can start with the first one. The first one is this. Emotions are a gift from God. Emotions are a gift from God. In other words, emotions are not a bad thing. Emotions are a gift. Emotions were given to us to enhance the human experience. They weren't given to be exalted. They weren't given to be excluded from life. They were given by God to enhance the human experience. And particularly to move us out of that emotion. The word emotion comes from the Latin word mover, to move and to move us in the direction of God. Think about life when I say enhance. Think about what life would be like if you didn't experience emotion. I mean, think about the person who's getting engaged and you know, their special. Someone gets down on one knee or... You get down on one knee, and you propose, and you feel nothing inside. You're like, I don't really care. Take it or leave it. I'm fine with this. You would be like, that person is dead on the inside. Life would not be as exciting if that. If if you heard news of a family member who had cancer, and then they came back from a doctor scan, and it was a clean bill of health. If someone didn't react with, oh my gosh, I'm relieved. I feel something. You'd be like, that is just bizarre or weird. Then emotions... Uh, are a part of our relationships. If, If you don't get excited to be around other people, how dull would your relationships be? You wouldn't have friendships at the same degree and same level that emotions bring out. It's as though they were the sixth sense, if you will. You have taste and feeling and smell and sight and hearing, and then God has given us emotions to be a part of the human experience. Emotions are a gift further in that they're a reflection of the image of God. In other words, you were made in the image of God, in the image of a God who feels. You guys may not ever think about this stuff, but you know the Bible says that God feels things? Like how crazy and interesting is that? Like God has as though it were a heart, if you will, he feels things. We're told in really tons of different places, but some of the things that God felt angered at the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter one, verse 34, he felt pleased at Solomon's decision. In 1 Kings chapter three, verse 10, it says that he's filled with joy and gladness over his people and glad singing. The heart of God moves towards. In Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, that God's heart grieves. In Genesis chapter 6, verse six, Jesus was over and over again moved by emotion. Paul, the apostle, would say that in Ephesians chapter 4, it is possible to grieve the Holy Spirit. Think about that, that the God who's there It's not some cold, distant robot. He has emotions, and you were made in his image with emotions, and they're a gift that he has given to move you and to move you in the direction of him. Further, we're commanded in the New Testament to express emotions. Paul says in Romans 12, it's really all over the New Testament, but hey, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, that God says, hey, it is a command. I want my people to feel. So if you came in and you're like, hey, emotions are a bad thing or emotions are just something I wish that I could get rid of or emotions are something that God probably doesn't want me to listen to or ever uh, have a part of my life, you have been misled. We say that, hey, it's uh," often you'll hear people say like, hey, it's not okay to be led by emotion. That is wrong. It's not okay to be led by emotion to sin. Jesus was led by emotion. So before I get an email... It says Jesus in Mark chapter 1 was moved by emotion and compassion towards the man who had leprosy. That he was moved over and over again. I mean, read your Bible. Jesus over and over was moved. What's another word for moved? Led. It moved him to act. Now, it's the wrong thing to be led always by emotions and especially in the direction that goes opposite of God's will. But candidly, the problem is not emotions. It's sin. People will say things like, hey, you know, in that situation, my emotions got the better of me. The truth is, It wasn't your emotions, it's sin got the better of your emotions. That's what's taking place. Emotions are not a bad thing in and of themselves. But if they lead you to sin is when it is wrong to be led by emotions. But emotions are this gift that God has given to all of us. The Bible says that in response, as it relates to the idea of, hey, they're to move us towards God. James chapter 5 verse 13 says that, hey, is anyone joyful? Let him praise God and sing aloud. If anyone is afraid, even if you have negative emotions, God's hope is that all the different things that you felt today would be things that you would bring to him, either lead you to respond in praise to him or lead you to pray to him. It says that, hey, uh, in Psalm 56, when I'm afraid, when I'm filled with fear, I trust and put my trust in you. So why do they feel not like a gift sometimes? Because sin. In other words, when God created the world, he created you and I and humanity with this ability to have emotions in a mind, and our will, and sin entered into the world through Adam and Eve and their decision, and when that happened, everything broke. And now literally everything on the planet has some assembly required, including your emotions. And so this gift that God has given you is one of those things that, that it doesn't just naturally, today, you can have emotions that will lead you to craziness. And if you follow... These sinful emotions, they're gonna take you down a path that you don't wanna to go to. So today, because sin has entered into the world, the gift of human emotion is one of those gifts that just kind of requires, it's some assembly required. There's things that God, thankfully, in his word, has said, this is how you would operate now with your emotions. You know what I mean by some assembly? Anyone like given a gift recently that has some assembly required? Anyone given a gift from Ikea? You ever had that happen with it shows up at your door and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm gonna be doing this for the next seven days, okay? That's essentially what God has given us inside of your human emotions, And through the gospel and through following Jesus, that is a part of the thing that he says, I'm here to reconcile and bring peace about to all things, your heart, your emotions, your mind, your relationships, and all things. And so for the next couple points, I want to just talk about two more aspects of how that assembly takes place. And the starting point for that assembly is going to be the second point, if you take notes, which is this. Emotions are not just a gift. They are a gauge. Emotions are a gauge, you know what I mean by gauge? Like they tell you something. Just like a gauge on the dashboard of your car, it tells you, it indicates something. Emotions are meant to be an indicator or they tell you something. Anytime that you feel something, it reflects something inside. And I'm gonna tell you exactly what I mean in case you're like, what does that have to do with my life? What are you talking about? In Proverbs 37, verse 19, it says this. As water reflects the face, so when you look into water, you see the reflection of your face. So one's life, that's one's actions and emotions, reflects one's heart. In other words, what your life looks like, hey, how you act, how you feel, what emotions you're experiencing, what actions you do, are directly reflecting what's in your heart. In other words, you can see what's in your heart by, based on what emotions you're experiencing. And specifically, when it talks about a gauge, what are you reading we're told that it reads two specific things, but before we go into that, when I, uh, about a week or two ago, I was uh, hanging out with my three-year-old son. We're sitting there, we're reading books on the couch. He like, loves books, he's so pumped up about books, but he can't read. So we're sitting there and we're going through, and he's like, hey, what does this say over here? And one time, I, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, what do you think that says? Or what does it say? And he looks at me point blank, it was, a, <laughs> it was the greatest thing ever. He was like, I don't know, I can't read. <laughs> I was like, I'm three, what are you, what are you asking me this for? I can't read, and then shortly after that, he began to talk about, "I can't wait to the day that I can begin. I can read books. I can like sit on my bed and I can read all by myself." Hopefully, that day comes. Uh, <laughs> but even as important as that, is the day that comes for his ability to grow to read emotions, to read his own emotions, to read the emotions of people around him. And though most of us learn at some point how to read and write, especially in America, tragically, very few of us ever learn how to read your emotions because they are a gauge. Whatever you're feeling right now is a gauge of what's going on inside of your heart. And specifically, it is a gauge of two things. And this is about to get heady. Everybody put their thinking cap on because I think this is going to be profoundly helpful from God's word. But it'll take a little bit of thinking What does it tell me, what is it reading, what is it a gauge of, specifically two things, your beliefs and your values. Anytime you have a human emotion, it reflects the intersection of something I value, I care about, that I find worth or a desire of mine, and something I believe. Every single time, there's a human uh, expression, I think we've got a slide that'll put this up, so every single time, in other words, there's a value, there's something that, uh, if I don't see it as valuable, I'm not gonna experience a human emotion. When I see a squirrel running in the middle of the street, I feel nothing, I'm dead on the inside. When I see a child, and this is not anti-squirrel, I'm just being honest, people, good grief. I thought this was a safe place. Bunch of squirrel hippies out here. When I see a squirrel running in the middle of the street, I'm like, I don't care, this car's coming and they do it all the time, good luck. When I see a child, good grief, <laughs> squirrels, is this a PETA gathering? When I see a child running in the street, I'm moved with emotion, get out of the road, because I value it more than a squirrel. When I see my child, I'm very uh, moved with emotion to act and get out of the way and fear and panic and all those emotions go through my heart because it's a value thing. If you don't value something, if you don't care about it, if you have no worth that you find it, then you're not gonna experience any sort of emotion to that. The same is true as it relates to beliefs. That in order for you to experience emotion, you've gotta have, it's wherever the intersection and overlap of beliefs, values take place Uh, what do i mean by belief like what you believe about a circumstance what you think is kind of going on will impact how your emotions are affected what's an example this past weekend, if you were to go to, to lunch with your mother on Mother's Day, because you're a great son or daughter, and you were to call her up and you said, Hey, let's, I'll meet you at this restaurant. We're going to lunch. And you went and you got to that restaurant and you waited and you were supposed to meet there at 12. And all of a sudden it's like 12 20 and you've texted her several times. You're calling her. Her phone won't answer. If you believe that she has gotten in a wreck or an accident, you're going to be moved towards panic and I need to go find her and what should I do? If you believe she's stuck in traffic, and that her phone is dead because she never charges it, you're going to just get back on your phone and keep sending emojis. You're not going to be moved in the same way. Every single time, this is so huge, and this is going somewhere, because candidly, if I just said, hey, if you're sad in here, stop feeling sad. That may be like, oh, motivational, or yeah, that's a great idea. It's not going to work. Because if you don't get to what the Bible in Hebrews chapter four says is the Thoughts or beliefs and desires of the heart, and go at those with God's word. You will not experience freedom or any victory in the battle against your emotions. So you've got to understand the battle or the battlefront that you are fighting on, and it is related to beliefs and emotions every single time. That your emotions are a gauge that tell you what is taking place on the inside. So let's use a couple examples. Let's say you go to a wedding and this past weekend, you're at a wedding, it's one of your friends, and you're single and not dating anyone, and they put you at the singles table, and you're watching everybody dance over there, and it's your your roommate, just got married. Maybe you're the only one left in kind of your squad, friend group, who's not married yet, and you begin to be filled with sadness. That's an emotion, the feeling of sadness. What am I believing? Could be a number of different things. But let's just continue with the illustration. Likely, what you value is getting married and getting, staying up with the stage of life your friends are in. You're, you're like, oh, man, I don't want to be behind. Everybody else is kind of moving on with the life. I'm just 33 and single. It's moving on for me. So that's the thing that you value. And the belief you have could be any number of things. But likely, it's something like, I believe and I'm afraid that I may always be single. Maybe you're sad because you're like, I think God is punishing me for my past. Maybe you think, man, I should have married him, that one that got away, because there's an intersection of what you believe and what you value. Every time there's a human emotion, it is connected to these two things, which is a very important thing. If you are gonna to learn to fight and battle and win in the human emotion, it is gonna take place by doing this. What's another example? Maybe you're at work and um, you know, your team is together and they're asking for ideas for some new problem you're trying to solve. And, uh, and you throw one out there, <clears throat> and <clears throat> the response you get is kind of like, anybody else have any ideas, or it's dismissed, or it's even like, that. that's a terrible idea. You're gonna leave that meeting, and you're gonna feel emotion. You're gonna feel embarrassed and um, anxious over whether or not I'm gonna have a job here much longer. Those are the emotions you're gonna feel. And what, why? Because there's a belief and a value that is a part of those things. You believe that uh, you're anxious or embarrassed that maybe, hey, I just ruined my shot, I'm not gonna get promoted around here. My boss thinks I'm incompetent or dumb. That's what you believe. And you value your job, you value what your boss thinks. You guys follow me on this? Every single time that you experience an emotion, it is connected, even if it's a positive emotion. And the degree to which you experience that emotion is directly related to the degree of the emotion or the degree of the belief and the value. The greater the value, and the greater the belief or my perception of what's happening is, the greater the emotion. So you go back to my child running in the street, just like from a squirrel to another child to my child, that ramps up my emotion. And the greater likelihood of belief that I have that there's a car coming fast will increase my emotion. You guys follow me on this? I know thinking caps are on. If you checked out, come back in. And, uh, and know this, that if you're gonna experience freedom, it's gonna be related to you knowing because the Bible says, it uses these words, your beliefs or your values, your beliefs and your values are directly behind what your heart is expressing. And that's why the Bible says you and I have got to learn to combat them with God's word. If uh, a few weeks ago, I went to a friend's lake house and, uh, and it was kind of their family's lake house and we went there it was a team retreat and while we were there, we we're hanging out and I just remember walking into this lake house going, what does this guy do for a living? This is unbelievable. And, and my friend had expressed that, hey, this was, had been in their family for a while. His dad bought it when he was 35. And I was like, man, I'm about to be 35. I don't see anything like this in my future here. And all of a sudden, feelings of inadequacy and embarrassment begin to run in. Why? Because I have believed that the amount I make determines my worth. I'm not saying it's true or right or any of this, I'm saying that's what happens. Anytime you experience emotion, it's like, oh man, I'm buying a lie. That to be successful is to make a lot of money. What a lie that is. And further, I'm valuing something, I'm valuing success and being seen as successful in the world's eyes. There's an emotion created because there's a belief and a value that's been taken place and is placed there. Feelings are a gauge. They don't always tell you the truth, but they tell you what's true about you. Like in other words, feelings won't always tell you like, hey, that's reality, you won't be successful unless you have a lake house, but they tell you that you believe that. They tell you what's true about you. They don't always tell you the truth, but they are reliable in that they tell you what's true about you. And if you are gonna go anywhere, if you're gonna be moved in the direction that God wants you to move, if you're gonna experience emotions, another way of saying that, in the direction Uh, emotionally that God wants you to experience that you want to experience. You have got to navigate and know what is behind the feelings. What are the specific beliefs and things that I'm valuing? And how do those align or not align with God's word? You've got to begin to do the work of saying like, what am I believing in this emotion right now? You can just write down on your paper, I feel sad. I feel lonely. Whatever feeling, I feel happy. It's going to be connected to some sort of belief and value that you have there. And if you're going to move in the right direction, emotion to move, it's gonna begin, or it's gonna start with you combating what are the beliefs and values of the sinful emotions. Not all emotion is sinful, but there are sinful emotions that are feeding into the feelings that I'm having. It's not dissimilar to this. Anyone, um, anyone like them all here? <clears throat> Good, three of you. <laughs> wow, you're a bunch of liars is what you are. Or maybe you're, you really don't like the mall. If so, I'm with you. And uh, I, I like cannot stand going to the mall. So here's why. I don't know where any of the stores are. So every time that I park, specifically North Park, if you live here in Dallas or around, I go, and it, no matter what happens, I'm trying to go to the Apple Store, and I park inevitably on the wrong side every single time, and then i got to do the maze, and I gotta figure out where exactly I am inside of the building, it never works. I feel like no matter which side I I park in, it's like they're moving the Apple store every month or something, (laughs) or whatever store. I just like don't know exactly where it is. So what happens? I go inside of them all and I do the same thing every time. I may be the only person who does this or at least all the men can relate to what I'm about to say. I go up to that little sign that has like the map on it. (laughs) And you know what's most helpful is not just where the Apple store is, but the you are here star. (laughs) Because then I know, oh, this is where I am. In order for me to move in the right direction, I need to know where I am. In order for you to know or for you to move in the right direction, for your emotions to be moving in the right direction, you have got to know where you are. Your emotions and evaluating what are the beliefs and values underneath this. They tell you who you are. They tell you what you believe. And you need to listen to them. I'm not saying listen to them and follow them. I'm saying you need to go Why am I feeling this right now? What am I feeling? I'm sitting here and I'm at this, I I just got an invitation for a wedding and I'm angry about it. And I'm angry at God about it. Because I believe, God, this is your fault. If you wanted, I could be married already. This is your fault. And I value that marriage is something that if I'm gonna have any value in life or any joy in life, I've gotta have that. Your feelings are to be tracked down and you are to examine them, not listen to them and follow them, but listen to what they are telling you. They are like a gauge. And if you are going to have this some assembly required, it's going to start with going, what am I feeling? And where is that going to take me? Where is that taking me specifically? Some of you may be like uh, me and what would be helpful would be a feelings chart <clears throat> or wheel. Because candidly, uh, ladies are a lot better and neutral at this than men. Here's, I think there's a wheel that we have up here. So this is for free. You don't need this. Uh, I wouldn't, this is not in the Bible, by the way, in case you're wondering, this is just like an opinion, two cents, it may be helpful for some of you of going like, hey, what am I feeling right now? In case you are like a lot of guys who are wondering, what is in my feelings? Kiki, do you love me or not? And what am I feeling right now? Or uh, to quote that episode of Seinfeld where Jerry is like, what is this salty discharge coming from my eyes right now? I don't know what I'm feeling. That you may want to start here, And then go, I'm feeling this. What is behind this? What am I believing? It may be lies that you're believing. Maybe I'm overvaluing something. That's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But I'm making it a God thing. So the second step, the second part of assembly required is examining the emotions that we have. Because emotions are not just a gift. They are a gauge. And then finally... God makes it very clear the direction you and I are to move towards. If we found the star and we begin to go, this is where I am based on what I'm feeling, based on my beliefs. This is the values that I have. In order to move in the right direction, I've got to do the third of it as it relates to emotions, which is emotions are to be grounded in God's word. That I am to now take the feelings, the beliefs, the values, and to align them with God's word to begin to put them up to the lens of God's word. I read it earlier, I think it was up on the screen, that it said, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, so it's talking about the Bible, piercing to the point and dividing the soul from the spirit, that's pretty cool, and joints from marrow. It is able to judge or to discern the desires or the wants, the things that are worth something to you, or a value to you and the thoughts or beliefs of the heart, that you were to take God's word as like a razor edge up to your life and say, man, these are the lies that I'm believing. This is the thing that I'm feeling. Here are some of the true, or here are some maybe the lies that I'm believing, but here are the the beliefs that are informing that I think that I can't be happy if I don't own a home by 30. I think that, man, I." I should marry this guy just because I love him and I think he's the one, whether or not he's a believer, that I'm to take the knife edge of God's word and come up to my life and say anything that doesn't conform to God's word, any emotion that I'm having, any belief that doesn't come from the truth of God's word is a lie that sets itself up against the truth of God's word and I am to battle and combat that with the truth from God's word, from the scriptures, from the Bible. Any value that is disproportionate, anything that I'm like, hey, this is like life equals kids. If I don't have kids, there's no reason in living at all. I am to take that value and say, is this what God's word would say about that? Is that actually true? And begin to align my life with that. And I do that by two things, aligning it with God's word. And the only way I'm going to really do that is by bringing in God's people. That you and I are to bring our emotions, to bring everything that you're feeling, everything you may be believing, and do it with God's people around you. That's why we emphasize community so much around here, is that you should have people in your life who you can be honest. This is what I'm feeling right now. I candidly, if you walk away from this message and you're in a community group, if the one takeaway, let me just give you one takeaway. Whatever you're feeling, share with people. Share with those people in your community group. What if you like, well, I'm gonna, they're going to be embarrassed. Or they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think you're normal and honest. Hey, I'm feeling like, you know, my chance is over. I'm, I'm 28 and I'll never get married. They're going to think that's so weird. They're going to think like you're probably like them. I'm afraid that God, you know, is going to not allow me to succeed at this company because he's going to punish me or he's angry at me. Share that. Whatever you're feeling inside of here, if the one takeaway you take, man, this room will be so much better. Just whatever you're feeling, begin to open up and express that to people around you and invite others in. Because generally it's a lie that we're not aligning with God's word or we're believing a lie or we're overvaluing something that God says. And we experience healing by bringing others in and allowing them to speak into where our life, where our beliefs, our values, our feelings are flowing from lies that we are believing Further, it's important because you and I came into this room. You put that slide back up, Billy, with beliefs and emotions. And everything that you believe and your values was not created today. Your entire life has been forming these two things. You've got lies that you don't even realize that you believe. So do I. Things of just the way that you were brought up, your family of origin, home you were raised in, experiences you had. And just different messages got bombarded. Like, here's some of the messages of beliefs and values that are flawed, that a lot of people in the room believe. Maybe some of you were raised in a home where it said, hey, money is the best and ultimate source of security. It was never really put that clearly, but it kind of was like, honey, hey, what matters most is getting a great degree, getting a good job, and you want to make sure that you make a lot of money. Because without it, you know, there's no hope out there. And some flavor of that was expressed, and you've actually believed that. And so that... That belief impacts your emotions, think about that. Because then it's like, oh no, I don't have money, I'm down. Oh man, things are going well, I'm up. And you have allowed your emotions to be ruled by a lie. Some of you uh, believe that conflict is a bad thing. You were raised in a home where, hey, we don't fight in front of one another, or maybe you were raised in a home where your parents fought a lot and it really scarred you. And so you were like, man, one thing I'm not gonna have, conflict. If it's fighting, I'm out of here. So you believe, That every relationship, if there's conflict, or any relationship where there is conflict, is a bad thing. That means I'm not the one. And you have bought a lie. Biblically, the Bible doesn't say conflict is a bad thing. It says it's an opportunity to honor God and strengthen relationships to move towards one another. It can be a terrible thing. But it can also be a great thing. And you bought, maybe you were raised, and so all of these, this is why it's so important. These were formed your entire life. In other words, you didn't wake up today and just be like, you know, this is what I believe and this is what I value. You've got them so entrenched. So anytime you have a feeling, you can be assured of this. There's something going on in here. Like there's some value that I have that may not be aligned with God's word. There's some belief that I have in here. And the best thing is the only way that I'm gonna uh, experience freedom from that or move in the right direction from that is if I begin to navigate and explore what are those beliefs and lies. Another one that was success. You were told from an early age, hey, success is getting in the right schools, getting the right job, making a lot of money, having children, and getting married. And so because those are not happening, you're like, I am a failure, and you are believing a lie. What you've got to do is begin to, for all of us, break away and go, God, pray, ask him, invite others into your life. This is what I'm feeling. I'm not sure what beliefs or values are underneath there and invite other people in to help maybe see things that you may not see. Point out lies that you're believing that you may not see all on your own. And if you're gonna experience freedom and not being ruled by your emotion, that's the only way. This is what God says. To bring his word and allow it to discern or judge our life, align it. And anything that doesn't align, I'm gonna choose to let go and ask others to help hold me accountable of letting go. For me, uh, the other, I mean, there's three examples of, of uh, two of them related to me. We're recently on Saturday night. I was uh, cleaning the house. Mother's Day's the next day. I'm getting everything clean. I got all these different plans for Mother's Day. Been working all day. My wife comes down. The house is spotless, and she doesn't say thank you. And I'm like, immediately, I feel angry. So the feelings that I have were angry. I'm not appreciated. I've been working hard. I've been working, you know, all about She did not even know what I'm doing. I'm so unappreciated right here. So I, the belief was that if someone doesn't thank me, they don't appreciate me. And that I should be thanked any time that I do something. <laughs> and the value is receiving affirmation and appreciation. That emotion, and what is the truth from God's word? God's word says Here to be sir or to serve, so that you get some like applause from your wife. You are here, Ephesians chapter 5 says, to lay your life down, to serve her, to put her needs before your own. And so that's a chance where I gotta say, Man, this is an emotion that, however justified I feel, is not right according to the God of the universe. And I need to now combat the lies and beliefs and values that I have with the truth from God's word. Man, I'm here to serve. This is what God calls me to, receiving praise or not. Another lie. For me, was uh, I shared before around the uh, idea of anxiety. We had a daughter that was born last year. We had nine months leading up to that, where there was a um, high degree of chance that our daughter was not going to make it. And you know, I've shared uh, several times about that. But just during that season, it was such a like, man, God, what are you doing? We don't want our daughter to die. We don't want to see this happen. And at the end, I mean, everything turned out fine, and, and God grew our faith in the midst of that. But candidly. Something broke in my heart in that time that I'm still trying to put back together. And I'm still trying to take to God and navigate and explore. Where my feeling is like, as we talk even about having another kid, is anxious because I don't want to feel that again. And I don't want to go through that again. And so I have the feeling of anxiety. And you know what I'm believing? That God would give us unhealthy kids to grow my faith. I mean, it's a lie, but I'm like, man, I don't want to do that. Maybe God's like, really wants to grow my faith. And so he's going to like, just cause me to have unhealthy kids to grow it. Or believing that, hey, if you had a kid with some sort of syndrome, that that wouldn't be a blessing from the Lord. It's a lie. And the value is having healthy children or having things go the way that I want. And I wish I could stand here and be like, man, and this week I figured it out. It's still like something I'm like trying to surrender to God and say, man, i I don't want to be ruled by fear in this one area. And so will you help me? Because the truth from your word is that you're not a God who says, you know what, because you don't trust me, I'm giving you that. Huh? Trust me now? That you're a God who says, everything that I allow, I will redeem. Everything that goes through my hands, I will make to be a part of a plan that works for your good, for anyone who loves and follows me. The truth is also that no matter what type of Uh, Defects a child is born with, they are a blessing from God, Psalm 127 says. And those are truths that if I'm gonna experience freedom from that emotion of anxiety, I've got to address the areas where my belief and my value are off. Some of you, you walk in here tonight and you would say, I believe God, I believe he's good. But if you were honest enough with yourself, you've been walking through a season of trial, cancer from a loved one, of things just not going how you hoped that they would. And though you say God is good, you don't actually believe that. And you know what I want you to do? I want you to tell someone. We all have those moments in our life where you just gotta bring people in. Where you're going, hey, I'm struggling to really believe this right now. I'm feeling these emotions, and though I can say like, hey, God is good, I really don't believe that. Because if he was good, things wouldn't look like this right now. And the healthiest thing for you is not to hide it. Don't dismiss your emotions. Don't be dominated by them. Deal with them. Bring them to God. Bring them to God's people. And say, man, I just want to align my life with God's word. How am I not doing that and bring others in? Maybe you don't even know. You're just like, this is what I feel. I don't even know why. Just bring other people into that. You don't have to have it all figured out. This is the recipe that God says over and over, bring each other in. Hebrews chapter 3 says, day after day, as long as it's called today. The first house that my wife and I lived in, we had this fireplace that uh, would have smoke um, come out of it. In other words, it wouldn't go up the flue. Like, for whatever reason, like, it would, we'd light a fire, and it was a wood fireplace, and it would uh, make some smoke kind of go up the chimney and a lot of it would just kind of fill the house and what would we do when that would happen we wouldn't just allow it to fill up our house we wouldn't just be like oh this is cool it's chill and uh we would quickly move to get open the doors open the windows get the smoke outside it would ventilate the house and try to replace it and bring in clean fresh air into the house so that it wouldn't just filled with smoke anytime that that happened your emotions are like smoke from a fire one theologian even said and your response is not to just say, stuff it and be like, no, I don't feel that. I don't feel that. I don't feel that. That's not what God wants. It's not to say, hey, I'm going to dismiss it. I'll keep the smoke in here. It's all cool. Not to be dominated by it and be like, well, I guess I got to move out of this house because we can't live here anymore, but to deal with it. <laughs> to deal with the emotions that are there and do so by bringing other people into your life, seeking to align it with God's word. And when you don't know, like, hey, man, what am I feeling? To bring other people in. Seriously, if you get one thing out of this message, take everything that's in here, everything that's in here, and open up to other people in your life about it. There's an enemy who wants you to just keep feeling alone and isolated and depressed and lonely, and he hates you. He wants you to be anxious all of your life. He wants you to feel like a fraud. And the God who's there is saying, Man, we bring that to other people. Bring that to Him. There's no emotion that should drive you away from Him. Even guilt and shame, Jesus says, should drive you to Him. Knowing that, hey, anytime I feel guilty, Jesus, you paid for it. Every emotion God has given you, the word emotion, to move, was given to move you towards Him. And the choice is yours. Are you going to surrender and bring those things as broken and messy and messed up as they feel to him, to other people? Are you going to hold them? Keep that smoke filling your home. There's something funny about, like, uh, when we walk through hard times, and I'll close with this. It's, uh, if you've ever walked through something where you, you've lost a parent, divorce, where you've just walked through a breakup, or where you've just gone through something really painful... It's always uh, helpful to have someone around that's walked through that before. You notice that? I like mean, walking through something that's like trial, you're like, man, they've been through it before. I just wanna talk with them and know, because it's something comforting to know they felt what I feel. And I almost kind of dismiss people who are like, look, your life is perfect. You're pretty. You're like a size two. You have whatever you want in life, everything all the time. I can't relate to you at all. But when someone has like walked and felt the things that we feel, they felt all the just challenges like draws us in. Jesus, when he was here, he lived this really hard life, like confusingly hard. There's a verse that says, he was a man of sorrows. Think about this. The son of God, described as a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. Isaiah 53 says, Unusually hard, just time and again, like betrayed, just all these different things that happened in his life. And in Hebrews chapter four, in Hebrews chapter two as well, it says that the things that Jesus experienced, the human experience he had, was so that he would be able to empathize with you in whatever you were feeling and facing. Whatever you felt, he's felt. Whatever you're facing, he's walked through. Not in the 2019 way, but all the different emotional experiences that are represented inside the room. And the Bible says this in Hebrews chapter four, For this reason, Jesus had to be made fully human in every way. Why? What reason? In order that he might become merciful and a faithful high priest. Chapter four, verses 15 and 16 says, for we do not have a high priest, that's Jesus, who's unable to empathize, not sympathize, you know the difference, right? Sympathy is like, man, I'm sorry, things are really falling apart, that stinks. Empathy is, I have been there. But we don't have a high priest that's unable to empathize with us in our weakness. But we have one that has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The Bible says that Jesus experienced the full array of human emotion, that he lived a life full of pain and sorrows acquainted with grief so that you would know he's a God that can empathize with whatever you're walking through and that you would move towards him. And the feelings that you have would move you in his direction. He's not angry and distant, stoic. He cares about everything that you care about. And he wants you to come to him. I mean, think about it. I don't know if you've read through Jesus's story, but it's filled with pain. You ever lost a loved one? John chapter 11, we're told he stands at the grave of one of his best friends. The nickname for this dude was the man Jesus loved. That's a title. And he walks up to his grave and he just died. And we're told Jesus weeps. Why are you weeping? He's overcome with the emotion, the pain of death. Have you ever felt that before? Have you ever felt betrayed by a good friend? We're told that Jesus had a friend that he spent every single day with for three years. I know you got friends. You see him every single weekend. Maybe you're roommates in college. Every day for three years he spends with this guy. And at the end, he betrays him for less than a month's rent. I don't know if you've ever felt betrayed or abandoned. There's a God who has and walked in those shoes. We're told that he was abandoned by all of his friends in his greatest moment of need. Have you ever felt lonely? You've got a high priest, a God who's there, who cares about you, who felt what you feel. And he cares about you. And he wants you to know that. And whatever you're facing, he wants you to come to him. Have you ever felt sorrowful or sad? Maybe like unexplainably. We're told that Jesus was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're walking through, he's been there. It's even a time where just like things that, it's Jesus, when you read a story, it's crazy what's included. We're told that there was one day, he was just exhausted. Like, Like over the top exhausted. And he decides, he tells his disciples, they're walking on the road and he says, I can't go any further. You guys go into town without me. And he sits down at a well in John chapter four, all by himself. Have you ever been just so tired? Whatever you're feeling, the God who's there is not far off. He doesn't discard what you're feeling. He doesn't want you to. And he wants you to bring those feelings to him and to his people and approach him with boldness in his throne of grace. Knowing that you're going to receive mercy and love and care. Just like when my child brings his pain to me, I'm not like, oh, come on, buddy, toughen up. It's barely a scratch. I grab him in my arms. I care for the things that are hurting him. That's what God is like to his people, to his children, to all of you. And that's the invitation he has for you, whatever you're feeling, whatever emotion you're facing, whatever mood you're in today, if you'll accept it. Let me pray. Father, thank you that every weakness and shortcoming that we have, you tell us, is one that you are not so distant and unrelatable towards, but you were made like us in every way, that you know the weight and the feelings and the experience of what it is to live in the brokenness of this world. And you have invited us, not after you live a perfect life, you don't look back and say, pull it together. You say, I know, oh, I know. I know better than anyone the pain of sin and brokenness in this world. I know the shame that plagues my people and I know that I don't want them to have that, and I want them to know that, where they bring those things to me. I know the way that anxiety robs them of being all that they want, and so I pray that you would win tonight, God. For those who are walking through just a painful situation, God, I pray that you would be more real than the pain. You would be more real than the trial. You'd be more real than just the struggle and the feelings in our life. You would be bigger, God, and you would eclipse those things. And we would find rest. Would you help us to navigate just the waters of our soul? I know that emotions are a gift. They're also a gauge. They tell us something. And they are something that we can ground in your word and experience life through. Thank you that you are a God who loves us. And has moved towards us out of emotion and love. We worship you in song now. Amen.